Good morning, family. Today's Bible reading is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. That is the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. It reads as follows. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep in the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of God. Good morning, Christchurch Midrand family. I hope you guys are bearing up under the load of lockdown in Jobe. While living in Kazan and, and having visited Gauteng a few times, I'm sure the traffic is still just as bad, even though you have this lockdown limitation. Oh, what a wonderful time that we could share God's word together with you. Let me just introduce myself to you. My name is Jomo, and I'm a rector of Christ Church Hillcrest, and I'm married to this beautiful soul. My name is Brenda. I'm married to Jomo, and we have three beautiful kids, two girls and one boy. It has been an incredible journey that we've had with you guys in Gauteng. The partnership that Christchurch Hillcrest has with Christchurch Midrand has been of great gospel benefit. So we are praying for you this weekend. We ask that God will indeed bless you, protect you, and be with you as a church family, just as much as we know you are praying for us. We love you guys. Won't you please bow your head and pray with me as we prepare to come to God's word together. Our gracious Father and eternal God, we come to you in Jesus' name this morning with our hearts full of thanksgiving for the many blessings you've showered upon our lives for protecting us and our loved ones, for giving us strength to continue in our faith, and for guiding us in times of trouble and for granting us peace when our restless souls are troubled. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm sure you've heard it many times when people compare crises of life with a storm. They say these storms of life, they come to us, whether we are prepared or not. And sometimes we have to face these storms, whether we are ready or not. Think about this COVID-19, if we continue with this imagery. We knew that the coronavirus had hit China, and we knew that it was spreading uh, in Europe 
And we knew it was going to come to South Africa sometime. It was not a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And indeed, it did hit the shores of our country. And now, as a country, we are going through it. The government has done everything it can to prepare and help us to survive this storm. We have to face it, all of us. Whether you are ready or not, you have to face it. But sometimes storms of life, they hit us when we are not prepared and we, we just didn't see it coming. It just hits us. Think about those times when you're driving along, say, N1, and suddenly there's a storm. There's no service station near you where you can go and hide. You know you just have to face it. You may indeed stop the car and wait for it to pass, or you may drive slowly, but you know you have to go through it. You have no choice, even though you were completely unprepared for it. And think about a completely different example. If, for example, you get involved in a car accident and you lose a limb, you know that your life will never be the same again. You know you have to make big adjustments. You know you have to make big decisions about your life. The same is also true when it comes to retrenchment. And you go to work and you know the business is not doing well. It's struggling here and there. But you just don't think you could be retrenched. And the next minute you're called in the office and you're told you've just been made redundant. And as you walk out of that office, you know you may lose your house you know you may lose your car and you know that your dignity is at stake. Unless you get a job quickly, you know your life is going to face real, real challenges. One minute, everything is well with you and you're doing great. And the next minute, life is completely upside down. And fear may just become your close friend. And you don't want to be with people. You just want to be by yourself to try and process the challenges you face. No idea whether you would survive the storm or not. No idea how long the storm would last. And no idea what the future may hold for you. See, these are challenges we, we face in life. And I know that some of you may be going through that right now. Well, the passage we're looking at this morning comes from the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. In this passage we're looking at, Jesus uh, is with his disciples and they are traveling across the lake. And here's the thing. Jesus had spent the day preaching the gospel and performing miracles and the disciples were there to witness all of it. And they're now on the boat traveling across the lake. And Jesus was tired and he had recused himself and he wanted to take an early nap. And so the guys are in the boat and the guys are talking. They're discussing how the day was like. And they may be even reflecting on some of the key element of Jesus' teaching. 
And they were inspired by this, challenged by this, and asking one another, what did you think of that? There was maybe a huge discussion going on there. And suddenly, and suddenly, they were in the middle of a great storm. See that in verse 37? It was so bad that the waves were breaking into the boat and the boat was beginning to sink. And at this point in time, these guys, they knew they were in trouble. The disciples, they had no, no warning and no time to prepare for the storm. They just had to fight and fight for survival. They were thrown in the middle of, of crisis. In fact, when you read this passage, you could see that they were at the mercy of this storm. They were scared to death. And remembering that some of these guys were fishermen, they understood the danger they were facing. They knew. Death was staring them in the face. And they had to do everything they can to save themselves. Well, in that struggle... While they were running up and down and trying to help and save themselves, they suddenly realized, hey, Jesus is not here. Where is he? Where's Jesus? And they suddenly looked for him and they found him. You ever look at it? They found him in the stand, fast asleep on the cushion. That's what verse 37 tells us. He was fast asleep. He was, he was in peace. In the middle of the storm. And they couldn't believe their eyes. There was this crazy storm going on around them. And there was Jesus fast asleep. And they woke him up. Have a look at verse 39. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Imagine these guys getting to Jesus and they say to him, I born daughter. Wake up. The storm is on us. Why are you sleeping? Don't you realize that our lives are in danger? Don't you care? Wake up. They needed all the help they could get. But think about it. When they woke Jesus up, what did they expect him to do? Jesus, wake up. Maybe, here's the bucket, help, all hands on deck, we want you to help, get on with it. Could it be? Is that what they thought, or was it more? And I want to believe that they had no idea what Jesus would do on that fateful um, day. If they expected him to grab a bucket and help them just throwing the water off the boat, they were just about to be surprised. To their amazement, Jesus woke up calmly and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the Bible tells us that the wind ceased and that there was great calm. 
And I hope you're looking at this verse because I'm, I'm literally reading the verse. He rebuked the wind and, the, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Pause for a moment and think about it. The wind stopped immediately and the waves were flattened out. If this was the end of the passage, if this, there's no story after this, if this is just how this passage ends, think about it. What would you think the guys would be doing afterwards? The wind has died down and the boat is sailing smoothly. I don't know about you, but in my own thinking, I think they would, they would celebrate. They would spend time celebrating at what they've just seen. They've just witnessed an incredible, incredible miracle. The storm was over and their lives were saved. And they, they had every reason to open that a bottle of wine and celebrate Guys, we are alive. When you've got Jesus in the boat, you are safe. He's just saved us. Well, we know that that's not how the passage ends, isn't it? Have a look again. Verses 40 to 41. We're told that the disciples were terrified. They were scared. Now, why would they be scared now that the wind has died down. Why would they be scared if the Bible tells us that there was great calm outside and there was this just peace? There was this quietness on the boat. In fact, their silence was so loud that when Jesus looked at them and he asked them the question, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? They were kind of like just locked in there and looking at it and thinking, what have we just seen? What has just happened? And Jesus turns to them and he says, guys, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the question, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Often when we read that question, we tend to read it as if Jesus is referring to their fear of the storm. But please do notice that the question is in the present tense. So Jesus is not saying to them, why were you afraid of the storm? No, that's not what this question is. The question is, why are you afraid as a result of what you've just seen? And that's why he links it with faith. Because Jesus could see that these guys were, were terrified. Not because of the storm that has just died out. But because of what Jesus has done to bring the kind of calmness that they were now enjoying. And he says, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Jesus is rebuking their disciples for the lack of faith or lack of understanding of what he is able to do. They still didn't understand his authority 
over both their lives and nature. To be scared of the storm was a natural thing. Jesus perfectly understood that. He knew that they would be scared. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? But now they're facing a different fear and the fear of who is this man in our boat? Not that the question came after the storm. You have seen many things. You've seen many miracles that I have performed, Jesus is saying, basically. You've heard my teaching, and you still don't believe. You still get so shocked and surprised by what I've just done. Do you still not understand? Do you still don't believe? Why are you so shocked? Bible says, they were still filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Now can you see the link of their response to Jesus' question? And that's why I believe that Jesus is not talking about the storm. What, what really terrifies these guys is what Jesus had just done. And they say, who is this? Who is this man? Who is this man? How amazing is this? That the same people who rebuked Jesus for sleeping in the middle of the storm were now trembling with fear because they just realized that they had God in their midst. That they have someone who has complete authority over nature. They realize God is on our boat. Although they believed that Jesus came from God, but somehow they still didn't fully understand who Jesus really was. They didn't. They were shocked to the core. Not even in their wildest dreams would they ever thought that Jesus could come the storm the way he did. And they saw his mighty power and they were terrified. Who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Oh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, this is an eternal question. And this is an unavoidable question. Each and every man and woman who's ever walked on the face of the earth would have to make up his mind about who this man is. And throughout uh, this talk, I want you to be thinking this through. Who is Jesus? Have you made up your mind about who Jesus is? All of us, we have to make up our minds about it. And this morning, it is time. It is the perfect time for you to make up your mind about who Jesus is. This morning is the time for you to answer this question 
Because your eternal life depends on it. Who is Jesus? Well, many of us as South Africans, we would want to rather just give our the normal, famous South African answer. Angazi. Angazi who Jesus is. Well, that's not a good enough answer. There is no way you could continue to sit on the fence. The stakes are high. Your eternity depends on it. Who is Jesus? Is he the savior? Or is he prophet? A great preacher? A historian? Who is Jesus? For some people, they have told us that Jesus was a great prophet. And others, they claim he was an incredible preacher. A God-gifted preacher. And others called him a miracle worker. And still others call him a criminal who died like a criminal, surrounded by criminals. And the question for you is, who is this Jesus? Who is he? What's your answer? Isn't it right that you make up your mind on this one? Isn't time that you turn to Jesus and ask for forgiveness for your sins and surrender your life to him as Lord and Savior? If you don't know who this Jesus is and you haven't really understood him, let me tell you what the Bible tells us about him. The Bible tells us that Jesus is, not was, is the Son of God. That he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That he is the Savior of the world and he will also be the judge of this world. Why? Because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And that's the Jesus I'm talking about this morning. We need to make up your mind. Who is this Jesus? You can't postpone this decision forever. Maybe you've heard the gospel many times and you've been part of the church and you've heard even in the Bible studies people teaching about Jesus. You have friends who are Christian, but you've just been pushing this decision and pushing this decision. Well, I want to say to you today is the time for you to make up your mind about who this Jesus is. My brother, my sister in Christ, think about your life. Think about everything that you have gone through and the things you are going through now. And kind of like imagine the things you're still going to go through. Wouldn't you agree with me that God has been gracious to you? That God has protected you and that God has provided for all your needs even though you neither glorify him 
or give thanks to him. That God has, in spite of that, been gracious to you. Today, I ask you, today, I challenge you to turn to him in faith. It's your time. The fact that you're watching this is because God is affording you the opportunity to hear the gospel because he wants to have that personal relationship with you. It's time you turn to him for your salvation. Jesus who saved the disciples is the same Jesus who can save you today. He saved them both from their sins and from the storm. And the same Jesus is able to save you from your sins and to sustain you in the midst of whatever you are going through. But you have to come to him in faith and put your life, your hopes your future, your dreams in his hands because he is able. A time is coming, my brothers and sisters in Christ. A time is coming when all those who refuse to come to Jesus will have their knees bent before Jesus and they will confess him as Lord and Savior. But it will be too late. On that day, they will see his power and his authority over their lives as well as over everything else. But it will be too late. They will be shocked. Their hearts will be broken. They will tremble with fear, just like the disciples did when he calmed the storm. But it will be of no use. This morning, it's time. And it's the right time for you to come to him. And that's why I am inviting you to turn to Jesus in faith. Maybe you've been part of the church for too long. And you've gotten so used to being religious. The question I want to ask you is, do you really understand who Jesus is? In your understanding, is Jesus the Son of God? Is Jesus the only way to God? Is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus your Savior? Do you understand? Do you understand this? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It is important for us who are church people to understand that Jesus is not really interested in church goers. Jesus is in the business of making disciples. Jesus is not interested in people who are religious. 
He is interested in people who want to have a personal relationship with him. And for those of you who believe and have been Christian and you are committed to Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you are living for him daily, I want to say to you, my brothers and sisters, take courage in knowing that Jesus is with you. You know, to become a Christian, it, it doesn't mean we will not go through the storms. It just simply means we will never go through the storms alone. He will always be, be with us. He has said in his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And God would not take you from where he rescued you to place you where you are now and then leave you. No, he will not. He will always be with you. You will never walk alone and you will never be alone. Think about it. If you're a Christian, even if you are in self-isolation at the moment, you are not alone. Jesus is with you right there. You're not alone. In the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, He who began a good work in you will carry it and will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means what God has started in you, He will bring it to conclusion. And that's why I want you to remember and to have this confidence and that you are not alone and you will never be alone. And that is one of the great privileges that we have as Christians, that God in Christ is in us, with us, and will always be in us and will always be with us. Let me close by saying to you, as a Christian, press on like a good soldier and keep your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, your Savior and your Lord. And to you who is not a Christian, you've heard the message. You need to make up your mind about who Jesus is. And the answer to that question is this. He is the Lord and the appointed Savior of sinners. And all you need to do is to come to him in faith and be saved. Let us pray together. Father, we pray for the church in Midrand, and we pray for each and every member of this church in Midrand. We thank you for them. We thank you for their commitment to you, these brothers and sisters who are faithful in their service. And we pray you would protect them, you would sustain them, and you would provide for them. And we pray for many friends of the people of the church in Midrands who are invited to be part of this service. Lord, would you please give those who have not made the decision about Jesus, give them courage to make the decision. Give them strength to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 
And Lord, bring friends close to them who will walk with them, encourage them, read scriptures with them, and faithfully pray for them. And that even when they think about and preparing to be part of the explore groups, Lord, would you please use those groups to nature and grow your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church family. Please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word which has been shared with us this morning. Through the power of your word, you are able to bring us from death in our sins to life in your Son. Lord, in your kindness and mercy, we thank you that you are still calling us towards the kingdom of the Son that you love, Jesus Christ. Help us not to ignore you, but rather to listen to you and to obey you. We ask that through your word, you may soften our hardened and rebellious hearts so that we may understand and believe in your son who died for us on the cross. May your word find fertile ground within us this morning. May the cares of this life not blind us to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Please help us to correctly understand the price which he paid and not to make light of his sacrifice. Through your spirit, please help us to respond in faith by trusting in you and in your promises. Therefore, help us to denounce sin and to rather choose to follow you every day with our thoughts, dreams, and actions. As we trust in you, please surround us with godly men and women with whom we can walk the journey of faith. In the midst of these current challenges, please give us the discipline to attend Bible study regularly, to talk to you through prayer, and to hear from your word in the Bible so that we may grow in our faith and knowledge of you. We ask that in the coming months and years, you would cause us to mature in our faith. Lord, please use us as your servants and your vessel to tell other people who may not know you about your son and all the good things that he's done. And finally, with your gracious hand upon our lives, lead us safely home to the time when we will meet our Lord and be with him forever in eternity. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.